Good morning. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's great to see you this morning. Hope you're going to have a great day today. I'm going to start it off the right way with the Word of God and six points right here at 6 a.m. Today's discussion is what is influencing you. I want to talk to you about some points today that are going to be helpful for the influence and the impact other things have on your life. What influences you? What has the ability to influence you? What's your responsibility in influencing others? Let's get into this today. Open with me to the book of Galatians, two places, the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, and the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. Let's start there. Point number one is influence has power on your life. Most people, they learn a couple different ways. Well, everybody learns this way. You can either learn audibly with your ears, visually with your eyes where you see something, and then a word called kinesthetically, which means it affects your body. It's something that you really affects all your senses and gets you involved in the learning process. Those are how people learn. I learn very well visually. I can see something, watch something, and I, I, I've, as a drummer, as a musician, I'm able to be influenced easily by music, by what goes into my ears. And I can listen to things without seeing anything and hear the different drum patterns, hear the different types of drums that are being played. And I've been able to do that at, since a young age that I can hear music and then repeat it on a drum set. A lot of musicians are like that. They're audible learners. When it comes to other things, though, I, it depends on what the circumstance is, but any learning that I do, uh, 99% of the time it comes through audible, visual, or kinesthetically, and that goes for anybody. But I can learn any of those different ways, and most people are like that. But I want to talk to you today about the influences the, not only uh, do people have on your life, but there's an invisible world that can have a major impact on your life as well. Uh, there's a spiritual world that has an impact on you. And whether you see it or whether you don't, that that invisible world can affect you audibly, visually, and kinesthetically, which can influence you to do certain things within your life. Uh, it's, this actually, funny enough, my pastor has been going through a series of demonic influence and how the demonic has influence on people's life. And last week I had woke up Oh, it was early in the morning. I don't know, but I was, I had this word that it was like blazing in like bold letters, bright when I woke up in my mind and it wasn't a vision or anything, but I had these letters and these words in my mind influence as soon as I woke up and I had some people in my mind and in my heart that I'll had, that I have been praying for and, and hoping that the Lord deals with and helps and, um, sets a course right and deals with some stuff in their life with them. And I had these particular people in my mind, but these words came to my mind and, and immediately uh, uh, just sh- shone very bright inside my mind. And the words were influence. And so again, number one, influence has power in your life. Most people learn audibly, visually, kinesthetically. And the this influence has the power to sway and move your life. Uh, that word, the Greek word for influence is the word anacopto, anacopto, which it means to steer like as in a ship. And it means to move in the direction of whatever that thing is swaying you in the direction of. And so to, to go back for a second, uh, that was point number two, is that uh, the, the Greek word for that word um, um, um influence or uh, the the Galatians chapter 5 verse that we're going to read he talks about being hindered 
or to have some influence on your life. But to go back for a second before we go into that verse, Galatians 5 is the first place we're going to go to. Audibly, visually, and kinesthetically, think about those influences or the power of the influence that that would have on your life or where you could encounter any of those things. Yeah, I mean, there's it's limitless where you could counter audible, visual, or kinesthetic. Give you an example. Any, anything that you hear throughout the course of a day is the ability for it to get implanted on the inside of you. If you think about music or anything that you learn from, most of the time it either comes from a lecture, like if you're in school, a teacher, a professor of some sort, uh, of an audio tape or something that you can listen to. Maybe it's in your headphones, a podcast, something like this. Audio and visual are some of the most powerful influences that can, uh, ways that you can be influenced. So what goes in your ears is powerful. What goes in your eyes is powerful. You know, we're constantly watching what goes in our daughter's eyes and, and parents should be watching what is influencing your children, what goes into their little mind that can begin to build that mind on what they see and what they hear. That's how powerful some of these things are is it begins to, de- it can develop you if you have don't have a developed mind. But once you have a developed mind, which is where I want to get to, once your mind has been developed and it's got some influence already, what can influence additionally to what you already have in it begin to do f- to your life? It can begin to sway you and begin to move you. Galatians chapter five, turn to verse seven with me. Paul says, you ran well. You ran well. He's speaking in past terms. So this means that they currently are running. That they're, these are believers that he's speaking to. That these Galatians, you have ran well. You have been doing well. So they've been on the right course before. This is probably this message, this particular thing will come out to those who are running well. Who are, who are in the Christian race, potentially. And there's some with that may listen to this that are not, but Paul directly here is speaking to those who are running well. Then he says, who hindered you from obeying the truth? So this word hindered, again, uh, I'm using this word influence, but this word hindered in the Greek is that, that word I told you before, which is anacopta, which means to change course as in the direction of a ship, to move in a different direction as in to move the rudder of a ship. And so this is what has happened to the people. Maybe it's happened to someone that's listening to this, that you have been going the right direction, but all of a sudden you're being influenced like this. I know a big thing right now that's happening within Christianity is this numbness that's coming over people. There's so much going on in people's lives. We're we're in the midst of potentially facing recession within our country. If you're in America, there's a lot that's happening. That's not negative. There's not not negative talk. That's not me being uh, pessimistic about things. Look, look, I'm, I'm a faith person. I'm believing that things will continually get better in my and my family's life. And those that are around me, we're believing we have hope for the future. That's personal, though. That's for you. That's for me individually. But it doesn't mean that the nation isn't going to experience things that they're doing to itself. When you hire interest, when you make interest rates go up as high as they are and the prices of houses have gone up as high as they are, something has to give. People either can't afford it, they don't want to buy it, so that causes what's called a recession. People rescind different things like putting money into markets and stuff like that. So there's so much of this going on. People are feeling the pressure of what's happening in society. 
And so people right now are Christians, especially you're not seeing them be as compelling and as influencing as they once were. It's, it's more like batting down the hatches, you know, let's look at round and what's see, let's see what's going on. We should be on the offense. We should be moving forward with the mission that we have been pla- planted here implanted in this world to remember you're, you're not of this world. You're a part of this world. You're here, but you're not of this world. You've been reassigned. You have a new assignment. And so the outside influences now can begin to impact people, the economy, the health, uh, you know, the, the pandemic situations that go around the world with, with health and uh, different things that are happening in society can begin to influence you and can begin to impact you. And it's there, there's, remember, there's an invisible force at play, and I don't want to go too much onto that side of it, but this power that, that, that is present to influence you, whether it comes from audible things or visual things that you see, or you just experiencing it kinesthetically on a day-to-day basis, and you being in the midst of it, you know, uh, your own bank account, your own health, your own family matters, your own situations within life, these things can make a, have a major influence on your life. And it's, it's got to get to a point where you take some other dosage of influence. You take some other injection of influence and you be intentional about it. So let me go back to this in, in Galatians 5. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Now, keep your finger there, but go back to the book of Romans just a couple books back into the book of Romans, the 12th chapter, and go to verse 1. Paul says, Now, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then, of course, which we're going to get into this, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But I want to, before we go down to that, I want to continue in this Galatians 5 of what we've been talking about with influence that he says, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So you got to understand influence comes to those that have presented themselves. Influence happens when you've presented yourself the opportunity to be influenced. When you present yourself to God, you, uh, you open the opportunity to be, to be influenced by godly things, to be influenced by his word, to be influenced by his spirit, to be influenced by his anointing. You open yourself to that. You present yourself, you present yourself to God. Well, the same influence on the godly side can happen on any other influence that can impact you. You present yourself to the opportunity to be impacted financially. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about bad decisions. That you God can bless you and you make bad decisions with the, the things that he's blessed you with. That's not what we're talking about. But for you to be influenced financially means there has to some, remember what I told you, has to happen audibly, visually, or kinesthetically for you, this to influence you. Well, we're really in a bad state financially. Well, wait a second. You have to present yourself to, for those thoughts to start to enter your mind. How does that happen? Well, if you, every morning you wake up and the first thing you do is you go to your bank app on your phone and you open it up and you go, oh, well, nothing's changed today influence your bank account is just a is just a fact sheet it's not a truth sheet it just states what's in there you're you know or or whatever it is the health of your you know if you get a blood report now no technology has advanced so much so if you get your blood work done and all you do is you open up your blood work and then you go through the little app 
that you know because I know the most people have access to that stuff now is you go through your app and you say well uh, this is my blood work and this is what and you look at that all the time look that's that's not gonna, that's not your evidence that's what's influencing or you listen to the news and you start to get input by all these different uh, prophets of the world today that are not prophets of God this begins to impact and influence you you listen to the wrong people. Listen, I talk to people and I have acquainted, I have a lot of acquaintances that I'm acquaint with and I'm very, I'm very nice to, and I have quaint conversations with, but it doesn't mean I allow their input into my life. They can start talking about things and I shut that conversation off to prohibit that influence in my life. There's got to be a gate that you shut. There's got to be a door that you shut because the only way that you can be influenced is audibly, visually, and kinesthetically. And those things begin to pour inside of you. You've got to contend with those things now. You have to now combat those things and and find a line of defense to get rid of those. God's merciful. God will help you. But why waste the time in having to deal with these things when you could have just avoided them coming on the inside of you in the first place? Them being on an impact to you in the first place. Just avoid it altogether. Take the tune the thing out, uh, censor what that stuff comes into you as. I mean, you got to put some limits on these things. So going back to Galatians now, Galatians five, Galatians chapter five, point number three, there's power in persuasion. There's power in persuasion. Um, let me finish Galatians five, and then we'll get back to this. Second Corinthians, Galatians five. You ran well, who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole, the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. So there's a couple things in there that you need to see, that you will have no other mind. What, what does that mean? That you will mind, put your mind on, settle on, other facts. He said, I don't, I don't want you to have any other mind besides the mind, basically the mind of Christ. I want you to keep that mind on you. And he says, but he who troubles you, and you can trace that word troubles back to that same word who hinders you, which is to change direction, to bear a load upon you. The he who stops you abruptly on your path, those who trouble you shall bear their judgment, whoever he is. Why is it a he? Why is it a person? Because the things around you are going to impact you. So you say, you've heard, maybe you haven't, but you may have heard this phrase if you've ever read any type of book other than spiritual type books, is that you become the people that you surround yourself with. I've heard Tony Robbins say, show me your closest five friends and I'll show you who you will be in the next five years, the next 10 years, whatever it is. But show me your closest five friends that you have. That's who you become. So I'm not saying that, you know, uh, well, why can't I impact them? It's not about, you, you know, you having the impact on them. It's about what you surround yourself with. You're going to be impacted by what you surround yourself with. Sure, you're going to have some influence on those people. But to think that you're not, they're not going to have any influence on you. You know, I'll give you an example of that. Those who you surround yourself with are going to influence you. You will influence them, but they will also influence you. So don't get don't get it twisted. I was making pancakes for my daughter and some of her friends that she had sleep over this weekend. 
and we well, I was making the pancakes on on the little platter here you know and I try and get um, I try and get fancy and make more pancakes than I can I want to fit them all on that little platter so we can make as many as possible you know you got hungry girls that want to eat so you got to get some food out and get it ready so I'm putting pancakes on the thing and you know you pour out the pancake batter on the tray and it takes a little while not a little while maybe 30 seconds and you know then you flip them over well if you get too fancy with it or too quick with it and you pour a pancake size too big, they might intersect each other. Well, I had poured one and, and there was other ones ready, so I flipped those. Well, the one that I flipped kind of got in the other cake batter a little bit or the pancake batter a little bit, and then I had to scrape it off. But now that other cake batter was a little bit smaller because the other cake, that cake batter got on the one that was finished. Now there was, that one had to sit on there a little longer, so it got... Just, it got too hot and now it's a little burned. Do you see how influence can ha- can happen? It, you, you, you get involved in somebody else. They get on you a little bit. You get on them. But now you're rubbing off. That influence is getting on one another. This is how this happens. And, and whether you, how, no matter how spiritual, smart people will avoid bad relationships. Spiritual people. You, I'm, I'm spiritual. People get around me. They, I rub off on them. Wonderful. But don't think for a second that you keep people around you long enough, no matter how spiritual you are, that's going to rub off on you. They're going to be sending you, you know, videos and pictures and text messages and your encounter with them is going to get, is going to have an exchange to it. Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter 14. You turn there real quick with me. Luke chapter 14. Jesus talks about the power of influence. He talks, I won't read the whole story, but he talks about a, a dinner that he called that a master calls. He gives a parable. The master calls for dinner. The people, they go out, his servants go out, grab people. They don't, they're too busy. They have excuses. But then listen to what he says at the end of this in verse 23. And the servant said, master, it is done as you command. And still there's room at the table. And his master said to the servants, go out into the highways, hedges, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. So it went from asking and requesting now where he said, get these people, bring them to my dinner. Those people that he invited, they had too much to do. They had made excuse and they couldn't attend. Well, they could attend, but they had other things that were more important than attending. Than attending. And he said, go into the highways, the byways, the streets, the, the hedges, compel people now. Don't just invite them. Don't just offer it. Listen to this now. He said, compel them to come. Urge them to come. Now, if you trace that word compel back, that persuasion, it, it traces back to the same type of uh, vernacular as the anacopta word, the, the root word there. It traces back to that to steer and to move, change the direction in which they're going. But in this particular context, what Jesus is saying to them is he's saying aggressively persuade and convince, like force your direction on them. It's compelling them. This is what influence does to you. It inadvertently, um, unnoticeably begins to influence you or change your direction without you knowing about it. It's forcible. It doesn't ask. It doesn't give you an option. It begins to force its way on you without your choice. This is what it, this is what influence does and persuasion does to you. But the problem with it is, 
is it doesn't ask your permission. That's the same type of terms Jesus is telling the servants. Don't ask, don't request, compel, grab them and bring them with you. Now, this isn't a message about this story or this parable. I want you to understand that term when Jesus said, go come or Jesus in the, in the parable with the, with the master saying, go compel these people. It wasn't a choice. It wasn't like if they want to come, he was saying, convince them if they don't want to, to want to, this is what influence does. You don't really want to, you don't really have the desire to, but the influence is moving you without option, without choice. It, it sways you. It begins to coerce you into doing it, whether you like it or whether you don't. It's the power of influence. And you may not even notice it happening. Now, in this case, you know, if someone's getting brought to a dinner, you may notice that. But see, influence doesn't make itself aware of itself. It, you know, whatever the thing is that's influencing you. It doesn't make itself aware. It doesn't announce itself. Knock. Hey, I uh, just wanted to let you know. I'm here. I'm here to sway you from your current path and pull you away. No. Paul said, who hindered you? Who is slowing you down? You're on a path. You're on the right direction. You're going the right direction. Who is this that's hindered you? Who is this that has influenced your life for the worse? Who is this who has impacted you in a bad, bad terrible way? That has troubled you and burdened you down. Who is this one that's done this? Now, uh, uh, turn with me quickly. 1 Timothy chapter 4. The book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. We've got to wrap this up. Verse 12. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4 verse 12. He says to Timothy, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity, until I come, give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. He says, be an example to the believers in the word. Be an example. Be the light that they should be, or in other words, the influence that they should have through word, doctrine, through love, in the spirit, faith, purity. This is the influence you should be giving off. This is the influence you and I should be having on those around us. Not that we can control what others are influencing. Not that, you know, you can control if you're influenced or not by cutting off audible, visual, and kinesthetic opportunities to be influenced. You can cut those off. But now on the flip side, what are you influencing others to do? Are you an influence? with the right things to influence somebody with. I wouldn't want to be someone that is a bad example to those that are around me. You know, I have a lot of people that now look at me as an example within the church. My pastor has laid that burden on my shoulders, not that it was, you know, my goal to have that, but when when he brings you in front of people and then he tells people to talk to me about certain things, now they look to me as an example. I inadvertently will influence people whether I like it or I don't, but you have the same impact. So do I outside of the church. Now, in my everyday life, I have a family that I influence. I have friends that I influence. I have acquaintances, uh, um, 
business partners, business influences, or business people that I'm in business with, that they have the opportunity to be influenced by my example. And this is what Jesus said in, uh, not Jesus rather, but Paul said in Romans to us back to 12, that in verse two, and you, me and you be not conformed to this world. Don't change your state. Don't formulate your mind. Don't conform this to this world, but be transformed. Now you be transformed by renewing your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Prove to who? Everybody that you influence. You have to make proof to those that you influence that you are the right thing by you being transformed to this. Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to be totally changed and do all these different things. You don't have a choice once you've accepted this. This is a burden that you've accepted. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewed. Completely renewed. Now, you may have to do this if you've been influenced by the wrong thing in your life. If you've put yourself around things, and maybe we'll go into the deeper root of what happens audibly, visually, kinesthetically, on what is influencing you and the and the demonic behind those things, the the, in, the invisible enemy that's coming from those sources. But you and I must take offense, not be offended. I'm saying we must be on the offense. We we can't just sit back and lay back and go. Well, you know, this is just what this is just the scenario that I'm in, and I can't do anything about it. You can do something about it. Well, Dylan, it's the job that I have. If it's that bad, change the job. Well, I can't just up and change the job. Then be influenced. But don't say that it's impossible to cut off the influence in your life. It is. It's very possible. And it can be done because every day you and I are being influenced. Influenced by what we hear, see, and are putting ourselves around every single day. So I implore you, renew your mind with the word. Continue steadfastly in prayer, praise and worship with your God, and stay close to this book. And don't get off on some tangent about different things that need to happen or what you've heard or what you saw. Stay close to the book, and it will keep you grounded from being influenced from other sources. Love you. Hope you have a blessed day today. See you on the next broadcast, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.